Hello, my name is Martin, and welcome to the Inspiring Minds podcast. Today I'm going to be discussing ideas about the brain and the mind. The brain and the mind are often used interchangeably, but they are not exactly the same thing. The brain is a physical organ located in the head, consisting of neurons and other cells that work together to perform various functions, such as controlling movement, regulating the body's systems, and enabling thought, perception, and emotion. The mind, on the other hand, is often seen as the non-physical aspect of a person, encompassing their thoughts, perceptions, memories, and consciousness. The mind is often thought of as a software that runs on the hardware of the brain, and it is through the mind that we're able to think, feel, and experience the world around us. A really nice analogy I've heard describe the human mind is as an emergent quality of the brain. If you look at an ant colony, you see this massive self-organising entity. However, if you just look at an individual ant in the colony, you can't see this bigger picture. We could say the same about our brains. If we look at a single neuron or brain cell, it doesn't tell as much about the bigger picture. It's only when we look at the whole brain do we see something like the human mind emerge from it. While the brain and the mind are closely connected and interact with each other, they are not the same thing. The brain is a physical organ that can be studied and understood through scientific methods, while the mind is a more abstract concept and is more difficult to define and therefore understand. If we were to attempt to define the human mind today, most people would agree that the mind is rooted in the brain and couldn't exist without it. As a scientist, I like to look at the evidence and I like to believe I'm open-minded enough if new evidence is provided. I recently had my view on the human mind challenged when I read a fascinating book called After by Dr. Bruce Grayson. Dr. Grayson is Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry and Neurobehavioral Sciences at the University of Virginia. He was Clinical Chief of Psychiatry at the University of Connecticut. He's presented at symposiums at the United Nations and earned a Distinguished Life Fellow Award from the American Psychiatric Association, the highest honour bestowed by the organisation. In summary, Dr Grayson is a formidable psychiatrist, medical professional and scientist. He opens his book by describing a strange event in the early days of his career. 
As a new and young psychiatrist, he was taking a lunch break in the cafeteria at the hospital when his beeper rang. He dropped his fork, spilling some spaghetti sauce on his tie, and embarrassed he covered his tie with his white coat to go and visit the patient. His patient was a young girl who had attempted suicide by overdosing. She was unconscious and it wasn't clear if she would ever wake up again. Dr Grayson visited her roommate in a different part of the hospital who called the ambulance. They spoke briefly, but the roommate didn't know the patient too well. They were college dorm mates, but had only just met. Dr Grayson asked a few more questions before returning to his other duties. The following day, the patient woke up and he introduced himself. The young girl says that she not only knows who he is, she saw him have the entire conversation with her roommate and also knew about the red stain on his tie. Dr Grayson can't quite believe what he's hearing. It's impossible for her to have seen that conversation, but perhaps the roommate had already spoken to her. But then how did she know about the tie? He tried to shake it off and continued with his care. He didn't tell anyone else either, as he knew it was impossible to explain this strange interaction. So early into his career, he didn't want to increase any unnecessary scrutiny from his superiors. He tried to forget about the experience, however, the stain on the tie began to bother him for years. Throughout his career, Dr Grayson started to hear about other similar experiences, where patients had come close to death or had been clinically dead for a period of time before being revived. The more Dr Grayson investigated these near-death experiences, he began to see many shared common features. Near-death experiences, or NDEs, are intense and often transformative experiences that some people report having when they're close to death or in a life-threatening situation. NDEs can vary widely, but some commonalities have been reported by people who have had them. Some of these commonalities include a feeling of peace and calm, a sense of separation from the body, a sense of moving through a tunnel or a passageway, a feeling of being a bright celestial place, encounters with deceased loved ones or spiritual beings, a feeling of heightened awareness and clarity, a sense of returning to the body or the physical world. It's important to note that NDEs are subjective experiences and can vary significantly from person to person. Some people may have profound spiritual or transformative experiences during an NDE, while others may not have an NDE at all. There is still much that is not understood about NDEs and research on the topic is ongoing. For me, I would highly recommend reading Dr. Grayson's book, 
it's challenged my belief that the mind cannot exist outside of the body. But this is not a new argument. The concept of the mind existing outside the body is a philosophical and metaphysical question that has been debated by scholars and thinkers throughout history. Some belief systems, such as certain religious traditions, posit the existence of an immortal soul or spirit that is separate from the body and continues to exist after the body dies. In scientific terms, the mind is often seen as being closely connected to the brain and the body and it is generally accepted that the mind and the brain are inextricably linked. While it is possible to temporarily disrupt the connection between the mind and the body through techniques such as meditation or sensory deprivation, the mind is ultimately dependent on the brain and the body for existence. However, the question of whether the mind can exist independently of the body is still a matter of debate and may never be fully resolved. It is ultimately a question of personal belief and perspective. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please like and share the Inspiring Minds social feeds and help spread the word.